The Tea Health Show, your medical lifestyle podcast, brought to you by the Tea Clinic. Good morning, this is the Tea Health Show. I'm Dr. Mark, and in studio, as always, our producer, Simpiwe, and my left hand and right foot, uh, Sister Elise van Art. Morning. Morning. Today I want to welcome two special guests. It's actually two patients of ours that joined us. Um, Bonita Whittle. Bonita, good morning. Good morning. And Mohammed Aban. Mohammed, good morning. Good morning. Okay, so actually this show came about because these two special people said to us that, you know, what they want to tell the story of their journey where we started seeing them a couple of months ago. Actually, Benita, we've been seeing you for over a year. Yes. And Mohammed, we've seen, seen yep. you over a year as well. Sorry. And, um, it was a long road to get where we are now. Um, but it was a eventful one and a nice one. So, um, we're going to talk about what brought you guys to the clinic. Um, and then we'll take it from there. Sister Elise, do you want to jump in? Yes, I think we can start with Mo. And um, I think, you know, start where your journey started. Uh, I think it's very important that people should know how and who you were when I met you the first time. Okay. Um, So if I had to go back maybe about a year and a half to, to two years, I noticed a slight decline in health. But... It just felt like it was getting worse all the time. Um, okay, I think you also said that you felt that energy lap before even COVID struck us. Correct, eh? correct. Okay. And, you know, I tried all different kinds of treatments. Um, we initially thought it was maybe like iron-related or just burnout or whatever it was. But as time went on and, and we went into the lockdown period um, – my energy levels were even more depleted. I couldn't even get through a working day. Sometimes I had to knock off at 10 and people had to help me out to get my work done. And I think that's when I first realized something was seriously wrong. And yeah, we took it from there. Okay. And then um, tell us your journey. Uh, did you start researching or did you I, start? Elise, sorry, but I interject. Mohammed, you said something that struck me is, um, you felt your health deteriorating. Explain that. Was it just yeah. energy levels? No, no. Um, I found a lot of mood changes going on. I found myself being depressed often, um, not having a will to wake up and get through that day. May I ask, um, how old are you? I am now 34, will be 35 at the end of this month. Okay, so this started for you... At about 32, 33? Yeah, that's correct. Prior to that, how were you in your early and late 20s? Oh, absolutely perfect. I mean, apart from a little experience with low blood sugar levels, no serious health issues, no chronic medication, nothing of the sort. But obvious question that comes to my mind is, you know what, I'm, I'm basically doing a consultation is you were good, what changed? Not, not in how you felt, but in what you did. 
that's, was it was it a, a change in stress, uh, a change in work? Was it a change in personal relationships? Was it a change in your activity levels or, or, or diet? What brought about the change? Did you ever sit down and think about, oh my God, I, I'm not feeling great. What did I do? Yeah, so I'm, I think Elise will agree. I'm someone that loves to analyze and, and try and work out patterns. And I actually did do this. I did this analysis and I couldn't find anything specific that would, you know, be a, a sure reason why these things were happening and why I was feeling the way I did. But yes, I think as time went on, I found myself working maybe longer hours. I found maybe higher stress levels, but to me, it wasn't enough. Um, there were other symptoms. Like you guys know, there was some serious weight gain. Um, I wasn't the kind of person that indulged in, in bad eating habits or anything like that. And I think the weight gain was the one driving factor for me that said, you know, something's enough's enough now. We've got to get something investigated and, and get a specialist to look at me. Okay. So weight gain was your, your first realization of physical changes. Mm. Nothing else. Nothing else. Okay. So I actually want to ask Benita. Benita, you older. How old are you? I'm 52. Okay, so you have a very interesting journey yes. uh, getting to the tea clinic. Do you want to share that with us yes. or, or no, where I'm things started going wrong? Again, you know what, you had comorbidities yes, that brought you That's to right. us. Um, so mine, I think, started, I went into full renal failure. <clears throat> do, do you know the reason why? Um. I had I had to have a parathyroidectomy, sorry, parathyroids, parathyroids all removed, and my kidneys were impacted with the stones, and I, I went into full renal failure, but also remembering that I lived in Africa. I lived in Malawi and Zambia. Mm. With my second child, that's when I think it, it, it was really bad, and living in Malawi at the time, when they they check, they don't check for anything else. I had a massive baby. She was five kgs when she was born. And Benita is very small. Oh, thank you. <laughs> and um, I, when I had her, the nausea and the vomiting and everything stopped. But she was she had turned three or four, and I went into full renal failure. And my body coped for one year, for two years. I just got on with it, and then. Um, a GP, uh, my GP wasn't available. I landed up with a nephrologist, two very good nephrologists that actually saved my life. But not mm -hmm. knowing afterwards, mm -hmm. I thought I was healthy and then I wasn't healthy. And mine was bad because I started sleep sleepwalking. I didn't sleep two hours if I was lucky. And I still had small children to bring up. And I even fell in the swimming pool. That's how bad it was. At night I would go down, unlock the Goodness. whole house, walk downstairs. And then I'm also an athlete. I'm a CrossFit athlete. I competed. I know they always say, how do you know a CrossFitter? They always tell you. But I, I was a competitive <laughs> athlete. Uh, people always, but I was a competitive athlete. I still like to think I'm pretty competitive at my age. And when I lost my strength and picked up the weight, and, and then I also lost the will to live and my no intimacy with my husband or if somebody touched me, the flinching, my journey's been long. And, and I think having a patient husband, thank God he didn't, you know, sexual intercourse is, is very important. Intimacy is very important. My husband is very understanding. 
But thank God he was understanding enough. And I found the tea clinic also through a little bit of research, but I was desperate by then because there was no sleeping. I was falling in the pool. He was falling down the stairs. I was injuring myself. I had picked up weights, lost strength. I couldn't compete anymore. But you were actually referred to um, us via your nephrologist, That's Dr. Right. Claudia Deval. Now, um, I've done a couple of shows on on. on the Tea Health Show with Claudia. She's a good, she's, she's a good friend yes. um, and a great colleague. And why did she send you to us? Because I because she's a physician. She's a physician. It's because mm-hmm. I had done a little bit of research on on. The, I had been the route of going to the gynecologist of trying other people that do more natural. Part. So I had tried a lot of things and I had wasted a lot of money. So I Why did you go to the gynae? Sorry. So you always think you go to the gynecologist, you have your checkup, you say there's something wrong with my hormones. Can we do a check on the hormones? And they do the check and they give you um, HRT, but it's to deal with hot flushes. And then when they deal with your hot flushes, then nothing else works. So then you say, I, I need something else. And, and when you look, nothing's working. Mm. Mama, it was interesting. Now, when Benita said hot flushes, you nodded your head. Did you also have hot flushes? No, no. I just know that it's typical, you know, for women to go through that, and that's why they go to the gynae. You know what? That's actually How did you know it's typical? <coughs> oh, well, um, for example, there are people that are in my family who have gone through similar things, um, you know, as I think age. we're seeing your mother-in-law. That's correct. So she's actually um, – she talks about it quite well with me because, you know, we engage on – on similar things that we've gone through together. Yeah. It's interesting. Men forget that they also have hot flushes. It doesn't present as badly as women with that rising heat or um, heat that comes from the core, but it's that constant, I feel, hot. And men presents more with um, night sweats yeah, than usually. hot flushes. Yeah. Yeah. your hot flushes is the whole day. Yeah. And and I think because mine was so extreme, I just gave up. I eventually stopped looking for somebody. And and, and I don't know, something prompted prompt me to to ask Claudia about the tea clinic because I had done the research. I looked you up and I, I saw all the testimonials. But I had been there before, so I spoke to Claudia. And when she said, oh, I know Dr. Mark well, she just said, go and see him. And I left it. And between Alice and her receptionist, and they... They got my appointment, and here I am. It's it's a blessing. It's an absolute blessing. Sorry. Okay. It's changed my life. This has changed my life. Mohammed, earlier when we were sitting outside, you said or you mentioned that um, you explored other forms or forms of hormone replacement or hormone optimization. Do you want to share that with us? Yeah, um, if I can just take a step back. So when I first put on that excessive amount of weight, um, I just attributed it to us being in lockdown and, you know, gyms being closed. And all we were basically doing was eating, sitting, working, a very lethargic, lazy lifestyle. So my first instinct was to get back into my training and I put a lot of effort into it um, and it was group training. And the weird part for me 
uh, which was another signal for me that, you know, I wish that I would have been able to realize earlier is at the end of each month, there would be measurements taken for all the, you know, the members of that gym. And everyone would be progressing and I would either be the same at the end of that month or actually getting worse. And that's when my trainer actually suggested that, you know, I have my blood checked um, specifically testosterone levels. And that's when we started the process of, you know, looking into what causes it and what are the symptoms and obviously finding treatments. So I started off at my family GP. Um, he tried <laughs> he tried supplementing me with um, a different type of testosterone formulation. And yes, there was a slight difference initially, but once that settled in, I think I actually started feeling worse and I realized that this wasn't working and we need to actually dig deeper. We need to have a full blood check done because something isn't adding up. And after a bit of referral and, and research, um, I landed up at the T-Clinic. Uh, Benita, I think the same, I think your story is quite similar. Very similar. You've been from practitioner to practitioner, specialist to specialist, all of them brilliant in their own yes, right. Yes. And all of them focusing on their specific um, speciality. Um, and Elise, we see this with a lot of our patients. Yes, we do. Who, especially on the woman who is with her GP for her normal, normal coughs yes. and colds. And then, you know, when she goes to the gynae for her checkups and, to, uh, you know, when she complains, but, you know, I have hot flushes and the gynae checks that. And when they developed chronic pain symptoms and when they can suddenly had a rheumatologist, and out of desperation, we go to an endocrinologist and three different people are prescribing them different medication things. for that specific field in medicine. Symptom, yes, yeah. and, and um, it is very much into that field. I found that they don't look broader and, and understood understandably because that's not their specialty. But it took one person like Claudia to say, okay, I understand what you, I hear what you're saying. And, and, okay, and I know Dr. Mark. It, it just took one person to listen to that, what you were trying to tell them about your whole body. And, and she was that person and that's how I came to you. And then meeting you, you Elise and yourself, when you listen to my, my story and, and everything I told you, because as you know, Elise, I was brutally honest. I didn't hesitate. From the no. beginning, yeah. I mean, I was so desperate at that point, um, and at that relief that you actually feel when somebody hears what you are saying, and and can and and says, "I have a plan for you," mm. and even though um, I, I I just was a little bit skeptical still, it was just you listened, and yeah. Doctor Mark listened, and that was nobody wants to hear your whole story, and the questions you ask. When you, when we consulted, resonated. So I knew you understood what I was because the questions you asked, I was like, you know what you're talking about. I you know what, hearing. Uh, Elise and I have a thing that when we get home in the afternoon, don't speak to us for the simple reason. On in one day, I can do five hour-long new consultations. Sure. And at the end of that hour, 
I know what your grandfather yes. and your uncles and aunts passed away from. I know what you eat, what you drink, who you are, where you work, what you do, etc., etc. Because all of that tells the story. Um, and I think this is, and I'm defending my, my colleagues. I, I'm, um, yes. Not a lot of practitioners can afford the luxury of spending that amount of time with their patients. And this is what makes us so incredibly blessed and happy at, at my practice. Because we are a specialized center, um, I have support in my practice. Mm-hmm. I have Elise that sits with me in consultations that picks up on stuff that I miss. And I have Alice. Um, and then I have my admin support staff and my mm-hmm. clinical assistants. Um, and that allows us to do what we do, but not a lot of other practitioners admin, has that yes. time. And then we also differ from general practice, at least in the sense that we are a functional and integrative medicine. And you guys asked what is functional medicine earlier in our, in our discussion of, of air. And, where GPs most often treat symptoms um, or they would treat an infection that presents with symptoms, they don't often have the time or necessarily the expertise to start addressing the cause. And with the both of you, it was metabolic changes that started giving you guys the symptoms. So it's understanding that whole thing about metabolic disease. And simply how often in the last two or three months has the topic of metabolic disorder come up in our discussions, whether it was about erectile dysfunction or anything else? A number of times. I think I could uh, give a very short TED talk on it. Okay, so give us a short TED talk. You, you knew no, I was going to no, give no, you. No, 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 not doing that today. It's not about me. <laughs> okay, so if we look at you guys, Mohammed, you started gaining weight. Benita, you started gaining weight. You had kidney problems that came from your parathyroid. So your calcium metabolism yes. was went out the window. Thyroid went out as well. Mohammed, you just started d- developing a little bit of insulin resistance. Both of your cholesterol levels were elevated, yes. if I'm not mistaken. Correct. Benita, you didn't have iron. Mohammed, at some point you he also had low iron. He didn't iron. have iron. iron. Yeah. I remember um, it quite clearly. And, he didn't um, have iron. You know what, we had to supplement with vitamin D. And then there was the hypogonadism that went along with all of that. So all of you had... All, four out of five symptoms yes. of metabolic disorder. Um, and it's something that we see in our practice every single day. Okay, so we then initiated you guys on therapy. Tell us about that. You don't have to say what we gave you. Just tell us about the journey. When did you start feeling changes? Um, I remember from our first consultation, um, you know, you mentioned to me it, it was do or die at this point. And you told me it would take maybe six weeks until I started feeling any changes. But 
I think for me, the first turning point was when we did that iron infusion. Yes. Um, and I remember going home thinking, well, nothing yet. And when I woke up the next day, I started to feel just a little more normal. And I think it's really important to stress what normal meant to me at that time. Because not having energy to go past 10 a.m. and suddenly you feel like you want to run a marathon, that's a big difference. Yeah. Um, and then I started putting trust into the program. Um, I started taking advice from, from Elise, from Dr. Mark, from my trainer, um, around all aspects of life. Um, anything I did, medication, training, eating, um, I started to work on all of those. Eating better, I actually underate for most of my life. And I, uh, you know what? Sorry. That's so I, I want you to say that again. Yeah. Yeah. So important. <clears throat> I think, and this is something I'm, I learned from my trainer as well. Um, <clears throat> we look at the media and, and just, I would say the entertainment industry and you see people with these lean bodies and you think that the only way to get there is to just live off salads and cardboard. And Elise will show you a photo which she showed me yesterday. It was about this fat hippo and it says, you know what, um, this is what you get from eating grass, uh, <laughs> walking around, um, and um, is lying in water the whole day, <laughs> you know, it's salads. Um, okay, so sorry, carry on. Yeah, and for me, I think the, the biggest hurdle was to actually get my eating right. So, um, you know, through technology, we, we managed to actually figure out I was eating at least three times the amount of calories I needed um, in, a, in a daily, you know, cycle. So triple intake on food, that was the, the big adjustment for me. And that wasn't overeating. That was just the bare minimum I needed to get into a day. And I think as time went and, you know, with the treatment that I'm on, I found my energy levels sl slowly, you know, picking up. I found my gym workouts to be more enjoyable. I found myself less tired. And yeah, I think it's just been a great journey from there. And you got a personality in the end. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I hear so, that a lot. It's um, it's very interesting, Ramit. Um, I remember when you agreed or to go onto the show. Um, you showed me a, a photo <laughs> of yourself uh, prior to coming to the tea clinic and yeah. where you are now. And uh, you know, you said that we can we can use that and post okay. it. Now, for us at, at the tea clinic, it's not about physical. Yes, we do a lot of weight uh, consultations and a lot of our patients present to us with weight gain. But when they do that, it's in 99, no, it's 100% of the cases they have metabolic disease. Yes. And people think that going on a diet or taking medication is going to sort out the 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 weight. Um, so many of our patients ask for very expensive um, new weight loss medications. And I tell them, you know what, I, I will gladly give it to you, but know that you're setting yourself up for a very expensive failure. Mm -hmm. If you don't fix the metabolism, if you do not fix the chemical reactions that happen in the body to create energy and keep homeostasis, 
you will not succeed in losing weight. Benita, you are, you know what, again, I, I can't do what you do in a CrossFit session. I will die within the first five yes. seconds. Um, <laughs> but you battled with weight loss. Yes, so I initially, when I went into renal failure, um, Dr. Roger Phillips was very clear. I was over 100 kgs at that point. And I'm pretty much sure already hormone problems were presenting, as you know, then. I just didn't know. Um, But my journey was then to drop weight so that I could be here for my children because there was no ways I could carry that weight and have a quarter kidney support my body through my life because that's all I've got. It works 70%. I'm very lucky to have it. I'm blessed. But that started my, my, my weight journey. And I lost the weight and I became lean and I was very muscular. And I did it naturally because um, I didn't go into the, the bodybuilding culture where you've got to eat the meats and you've got to do this and you've got to do that. Mine was more on a fasting one. I had a really good mentor when it came to that. So my food intake was really good. So when I started picking up, my journey started was when I picked up the weight and I couldn't, I wasn't doing anything different. I hadn't stopped eating. I hadn't started eating anything extra. It just stopped and, and the tiredness came and then I didn't want to go and then I stopped competing and I just got bigger and bigger and unhappier. And I was, but the biggest thing was the lack of sleep, two hours sleep and I functioned a full day. And I have, I've worked on and off. I've lived in Africa. I also work in the movie industry on and off. So you need that energy to, to go from being such a high functioning person to being a person that doesn't even remember a conversation. Yeah. Um, I mean, you can ask my husband and the other big loss was the intimacy, which is always very important. My children are, are 20 and 24. So it's going to be, him and I, and we've been together through a lot, so the intimacy was a big thing. So my start to come to you was when I started falling down the stairs and opening the back door and falling into the pool because I wasn't sleeping and then still getting up the next day and and running a full life. My husband was is always out of the country. He is a traveler. He's a mechanical engineer. So I had to I had to be the person. I had to be the mom, I had to be the dad, I had to run a household. And when that started, and they kept calling me the demon mom, because they never knew who would wake up. Was it a good person? Was it a bad person? I also used to stand outside their doors for no reason, because my mind is is working. And I know I've got to tell them something, but I don't know where I am. So that was the big thing for my start. Elise? You only have a person in this room that went through menopause. Yes. Um, Benita, you're not completely through menopause yet. You're menopausal. Elise is postmenopausal. Um, did you also experience these kinds of? I experienced a lot of what Benita experienced. And I think that is why. And I'm going to say this now. We sort of connected because yes. I could say, okay, Bonita, I remember that. And this is what happened with me, et cetera, et cetera. But what I would like to say is that demon mom that she's talking about, my, my children even gave me another name when I'm in that mode. Mm-hmm. 
and I was called Patricia <laughs> at that stage. <laughs> Patricia. That's yeah. a nice Because name. that's not Elise, mom. Mm, it's no. Patricia, mom. This, this person that emerged when I was in that. Do you know that she was the best stripper in town? Yeah? <laughs> I do know that. <laughs> but I, and I get you because your personality is completely changed and you can't control yes. what is coming out of you. Yeah. Mohammed is nodding. So did you also, you also have mood that? swings? Yeah, um, especially in the months leading up to, to me starting with you. Um, I'd wake up sometimes and just say, I don't want to deal with today. I don't want to talk to anyone. I don't want to see anyone. But at the same time, see, I don't want to be alone. At least Are I, you I, in menopause, Dr. Mark? <laughs> <laughs> So you know what I'm going to say, hey, <laughs> fuck off. <laughs> I love it. What was I saying? I was about to say something. About not having a personality. Oh, yes. no. Yeah. Actually, did you, did you guys, two guys, now I'm putting you on the Girls? spot. Girls? <laughs> um, what did he just describe? Mood swings, I think. Um, uh, what did he say? I he didn't, didn't want to talk to anyone. I didn't want to engage with anyone. Did he, what he, was the, What does that point to? I don't know. It sounds like depression. Oh, no, you know, know what? I, I sit here week after week <laughs> educating them. And, We're um, failing our exam again. <laughs> adrenal, That's the thing. adrenal fatigue. Oh, so, so adrenal fatigue. Adrenal I fatigue. I was in adrenal fatigue for years. So, remember what we said: as we get stressed, cortisol level starts elevating, and if cortisol stays high for a long period of time, it leads to a down regulation in the other hormones. Yes. And the first symptoms that we start getting is anxiety, depression. And that eventually leads to that complete shutdown and disengagement from people around you, from work and eventually of yourself, where you actually just do not have the wherewithal, the energy, the will to do anything. Were you dis um, indecisive? Very much so. And, you know, you mentioned anxiety. Um, I think... A lot of the times I used to feel like my ribs were being squeezed. Mm. Um, it was like a, like a throbbing feeling at times. And many people try to reach out and, and, you know, some people would say, well, it's all in your head. Maybe you just need to sleep, <gasps> you know, but there was so much going on. And I think that what made me the most irritable person is that I couldn't figure it out on my own. Mm. Um, not knowing what's going on, but knowing that it's affecting the people around you and mm. yourself. It just leads you to being alone and wanting to be alone, but also not wanting to be alone. Mm. You know, and that oh, for me, so that is, that was the worst, absolute worst part of my life. And if I didn't have the support structure, you know, of friends, family, and especially my wife, I don't think I'd be here today. Mm. It's, it's, it's so important for the people that listen to this to understand that our hormones, sex hormones, other hormones, they all, most of them are psychoactive. They play a role 
in higher function, in cognitive behavior. So, for instance, if we think about the psychoactive part of testosterone, testosterone elevates dopamine levels in the limbic system of the brain. Dopamine, um, we all know it as the feel-good hormone or we associate it with a feel-good hormone. Actually, what dopamine does, it's reward behavior, which leads to uh, motivation and then repetitive behavior. Something makes me feel good. It gives me a reward. I feel great. Now I want to do it again. Now, this is true for addiction as well. You know what? It's that um, line of cocaine or that hit of uh, weed or whatever that immediately makes me feel a little bit better. Therefore, it motivates me to do it again. But dopamine is also responsible for repair of nerve tissue and remyelinization. Estrogen, on the other hand, is is highly concentrated in the areas of the brain that's associated with learning and memory. Estrogen is produced by the nerve tissue itself. It acts as an anti-inflammatory. So it decreases neural inflammation. Um, so uh, these, these kind of hormones are so, so important. And it's often in the least, we see it a lot. We've actually seen it with some of our patients who are psychiatrists that are on antidepressive medication and present to us. And the first thing that I ask them is, have you checked your hormone levels? And they say, no, I haven't. Um, so I, I'm not saying that hormone optimization, testosterone, estrogen is replacement therapy for um, antidepressants, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But I am telling you categorically that they are definite add-ons. Ahmed, what happened with you, Benita? What happened with you when your hormone level started declining and you started feeling anxious and depressed? What happened with your intimate life and your sexual abilities? Did they decline? Um, in my case, no. Um, and that, that was a surprising thing. Um, like usually one would think that if you had a testosterone deficiency that your sexual life would be, you know, amongst the top things that would be affected. Usually it's one of the first signs that guys present. You know, and maybe I was lucky. I don't know. And this isn't a matter of pride. You just have a hot wife. <laughs> That's true. Does that help? Um, <clears throat> it does. It does. Um, you know, but, you, you know, that said, at one point we, we tried to figure this out and we said, okay, maybe we just burnt out, you know, maybe I just need to rest. So we booked a vacation at one of my favorite destinations. And I promise you that we went to that place for a couple of days. And while everyone was having a good time, I was in a corner of a pool alone, just crying my eyes out. And if, and my wife would ask me why, what's wrong? What are you crying? And my usual answer is, I don't know. I just don't feel good. There's a, there's a sick feeling in my stomach. There's this, I can't explain it. And, you know, having going through this for so many months, I've realized that we have to figure out what this is. And that's where we started. Yeah. So mine, there was no sex at all. And it wasn't because, yeah, I didn't really 
<laughs> feel like sex, but when we did have sex, it was painful. So every time someone touched me, it was like this flinch, or my husband touched me. I was like, I, I'm always saying no, and I don't want to say no. And 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 that was a big thing. We had no intimacy, but and the very ne- that that was that's important, especially when your children are, are are leaving now. So it's just the two of us. You need that, and I've got a really understanding husband. The other thing was when I did started doing really crazy things like um, falling into the pool and just driving. Biwi also does crazy yeah, things, no. but he won't talk about it. Yeah. Dr. Mark, it's not about me today. <laughs> yeah, and I think so, the, the going back to a normal person, just taking that breath and, and, and finding me. Because I'm either over here or I'm really there. So I'm extreme. I'm from high to low to high to low. I was never... Like like Mo, just feeling depressed all the time. I was extreme. I was either very depressed or I was very over the top. So the reason I asked you guys whether we, you had problems with Definitely. physical intimacy is um, in relation to depression and anxiety for the simple reason. We know that our antidepressants and our anxiolytic medication causes a decrease in libido and sexual functioning, especially erectile functioning for men. In women, it's that loss of libido. Now, let's put it to you guys like this. Both of you are in very healthy relationships. But if I give you something to bring you out of depression, which you were, if I was to give you an antidepressant, and it then started suppressing your libido and your erectile functioning, don't you think that causes more anxiety and depression, especially because now my relationship is suffering from a physical perspective as well? Definitely. And this is why I say that hormone optimization should form part of treating patients with psychiatric yes. conditions. Because yes, I'm, I'm not on any any antidepressants now at all. I'm not on anything for anxiety. Um, I do smoke a bit of weed when I have a very bad anxious attack, but it's it's few and far between now because I am pretty stable. But I'm not on an antidepressant. I'm not on anything for anxiety. I'm doing well. The hormones have put me where I need to be, and I'm happy to be there. And any little adjustments that we need to make, I know I can come to you guys and say, listen, I'm feeling this. Or, I, 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 I'm glad that you touch on that because um, we don't have a lot of time left in this sure. conversation. And I wanted to talk to you guys or I wanted you to relay your experience of your year-long journey or maybe a little bit here. Um, how many times did we make small little adjustments in your treatment protocols? Gosh, um, I can't, I can't actually pinpoint that, but I know often there would be changes in, in the way I felt or, um, I might have different symptoms on random times. Like I would break out with acne yes, or, yes. um, you know, I'd feel maybe sometimes I had too much of energy, you know, and, and this was just me adjusting, you know, to the treatment, but, it's just been so well worth it. You know, I think I, I've really enjoyed the interaction and the ability to be able to reach out to both of you 
anytime I needed to because it's just not about taking the treatment and expecting magic things to happen. I think it's what about it's very important what Mo and Bonita are saying, and I think that's the success that we can claim is that they play the game with us. Yes. It's yeah. not so us alone that prescribe and say, Absol- you will do this yeah. and you will do that. And Absolutely. you guys have tweaked for me. I know we've had tweaks yeah. myself and yes. because I broke out in acne and the sweating and, and I said, and then we've changed it. And, and I, we were talking about stimulation and sensitivity and we yes. changed my testosterone because you we, you understood where I was coming from. Yes. So for me, I've had tweaks like every two weeks. It's been a continual chatting about what we so need to do. So this is what you guys have illustrated is the difference between compliance and adherence. So compliance is when your doctor prescribes you your medication and you take it religiously yes. every day. Now, that's not good enough, especially when it comes to these things, because um, when we look at the continuum of health, it's continuously fluctuating. Hormone levels, especially in women, fluctuate on a monthly, um, a monthly um, cycle. And when you go into menopause, that monthly cycle becomes a little bit irregular, Things in our environment change. Well, at, um, I, I remember a time where you said you're very, very busy and stressed at work. And what we did for you is we slightly upped your dose. Mm-hmm. And, you know, what? when I spoke to you the next week, you said to me, yeah, I'm coping a little bit better. But, you know, what? when you said to me that the stress is winding down, I changed you back mm-hmm. um, to to a different dose. And this is what's important for us at the clinic, and I, I, I implore the people listening to this. You need to be part of the process. You need to be able to communicate to the person who's prescribing you whatever kind of treatment, how it's making you feel. In our practice, we have a scoring system that we give our patients where they objectively score themselves on a variety of parameters from energy to mood to libido to physical strength to weight loss to hair loss for that matter Um, because things constantly change and it's it's to get the best out of this treatment you need to be able to adapt it and that's how we formulated our protocols i i use the analogy of a racing car team where your body is the car. Now, if we plug your body into a computer, if we get the biochemistry, it tells us what's wrong with the body or where the imbalance is. And I can tweak it and I can fix it. And as the car is standing there, it's, you know what, it's a Bentley. But you know what, Mohammed's quite short. If I put him in a Bentley, he's not going to reach. <laughs> so, he prefers a Land Rover. Okay, he's an outdoorsy guy. So this is not going to give him the best driving experience, but if he communicates that through to me accurately, you know what, I have to move a seat, my feet are not touching, or I'm cornering here, we can make the adjustments. And you know what, for those conditions in which we made the adjustments, now it's the best possible drive. 
And then it starts raining and everything starts changing. And this is what happens. And this is why, you know what, you need to be adaptable in your treatment protocol. And this is why we use function over prescription. So, Dr. Mark, if I can just point out one thing. I, li- I like that you talked about adherence and compliance. And it wasn't so much about just taking the medication. Um, it was about understanding. And that's what I got from, from you and Elise, understanding what this medication does for you. What are the possible side effects? When do we actually need to look at tweaking dosages? And I think the, one of the closing notes for me would be I've learned how to read my body. Yes. I've learned to understand when I'm stressed. I've learned when I need to actually say no to something or stop doing something, yes. which I couldn't do before. You know, I'm I, I'm I'm so happy for you because being self-aware, um, being aware of our bodies, um, being aware of what they can do or where they start feeling the strain, is incredibly important. And I think the majority of us do not complain, no. or don't want to complain. Um, some people will brand you as a um, hypochondriac. Um, for us, we know that our patients have have issues, and we accept them because ultimately it's about uh, giving you a better well being, which results in better quality of life. Yes. You know what? Sure. You guys have been through through the consultations, and you know what? Those five big questions that I ask at the end of a consultation is. Rate your mental well-being out of 10. And the mental well-being includes cognitive behavior and higher function, motivation, drive, etc. Rate your physical well-being. And both of you um, scored physical and mental well-being lower. There were changes that they weren't optimal, but they weren't a 9 or a 10. Yeah. So it means that it's not good enough. There's room for improvement. Rate your sexual well-being. Um, and Benita's yours was low. Mo, yours was normal. But you know what? You are still, um, in my eyes, a youngster. I'm almost 20 years older than you. Um, I'm like double that. Then it is our self-esteem. Because, Mohammed, that was what I got from your story, is your self-esteem mm. just took such a big knock. Yeah. Um, and where it's today, you know, not only the physical changes that came about, but the emotional growth. Um, and you know what? How long were you into the program when you got your first promotion? Um, that would have been about seven or, or eight months in. Oh, congratulations. So, and that's from not being able to work a full day. You know, I, I became so much more confident. I was assertive. I took leadership roles I think that's on. very important to state here. Um, the, the, the psychological changes happened first. Yeah. Before the physical changes. Because that's true. I don't want people to think we change your physically first and then you become confident. No. Uh, Elise, I agree with you. The biggest effect of hormone optimization is on the brain. Yeah. It's not physical. You know, with the doses of, of hormones that we use do not change you physically. I cannot with what I do in my office. Uh, change your body And we don't We give you the tools to do that 
But the biggest effect is on higher function. Agreed. I have to agree there because it's for, it's not about weight. It's your head. When your head comes right, you see and you see everything, and and it just comes together, and you feel better. And then the weight starts, and everything else starts with it. So once this is functioning again, it's it's an amazing. I, you know amazing what? I think thing. all four of us that sit in this room at some point. You know what? I've never been fat. But at one point in my life, I went through a, a, a time where I had injuries. I was a competitive yes. sportsman. I, I competed on national level. And then, you know what, I couldn't and I fell into a rut where I started picking up weight. <clears throat> and I ended up weighing at about 92 kilograms. So for my height's not that bad. Yeah. And at least <clears throat> you've, you've known me for a long time. I, I you would never have said that I was fat. Yeah. But it was so bad that I couldn't go to gym because I didn't want people in the gym to see me at 92 kilograms. Uh, you know what? I am 1.8 meters tall. So 92 is not that it's bad. I actually looked okay. But from a, from a self-esteem perspective, it, it's just – no. I have to agree with you because – even at my fittest and having the hormone issues, I was so muscular and lean. I mean, you, Elise has seen my photos. I would still look in the mirror and think, oh, my God, you are fat. Mm. You still have this. Look at your bum. Your bum shouldn't even be looking like that. I should have. And I was lean. I was like at 19% body fat. And, you, and you're still thinking you look like terrible. So it is. It's a mental thing. It's, it's the mental Awakening that comes with everything with the hormones that's that's the first thing it's not a weight loss program it's yeah. everything it's your whole well being I want to take the opportunity to thank both of you Benita Whittle and Muhammad Abad for coming forward to us and saying that you want to share your journey. This is not about our clinic this is about the power of optimal hormone balance and what the impact of that can be on your life. If you start feeling that you're not performing optimally in the boardroom, in the bedroom, on the sports field, if you're starting to lose self-confidence, there are options other than falling into a pit where you can't get yourself out. Consult your practitioner and see if there's anything that they can help with. Metabolic disease is abundant. It's prevalent in most of us. It presents with changes in your cholesterol levels, changes in your sugar levels and insulin levels, changes in blood pressure, weight gain, thyroid that's not working optimally, and they don't always present on biochemistry. So on paper, things might look normal. Yes. But if the balance is out, it can lead to these kinds of symptoms. And then we add hypogonadism, change in hormone levels to that. It was a pleasure having both of you Thank in you. our studio. Um, it's been a wonderful journey with you. And we know that you know what this journey will continue yes, definitely. from all of us at the tea clinic um next week we're wrapping up um this year's shows with um some points and 
tips about keeping your gut and your liver healthy. And um, that show will be sponsored by Sulal. Um, so from us, um, happy uh, Holiday. holidays to the both of you. Thank you. And um, thank you. we will see you around and, in the practice. And to you guys too, you're amazing. You're lifesavers for me. Thank you very much for for everything. Oh, thank you. Thank you. You really? know what? We did not pay them. <laughs> <laughs> no, they didn't. <laughs> so have a great day, everyone. Thank you very much. Bye. Bye. That was the Tea Health Show, empowering you with knowledge. Download all previous episodes on your favorite podcast platform. The Tea Health Show is brought to you by Tea Clinic.